0: all right Mena fans i come to you on this solemn occasion as this episode is dedicated to simba the mouse that passed away on the weekend I, I send i send my thoughts to him and his family as he makes the journey to a a better place i'm joined by my co-host red obviously a very solemn occasion in my household over the weekend the loss of uh, a loved one i i
1: listen i i'm so happy able i have uh, this opportunity to do this like i don't think i can speak right now i'm so emotional and that birdhouse was such a beautiful touch it was gorgeous i mean thank you so much for giving simba
0: that fond farewell thank you so much manners yeah so simba's um left us and uh why the birdhouse
1: why the bird why the birdhouse look
0: i'm not sure i was actually at work when this was all happening and i got this message from my my wife saying um you know i've made an appointment at the vet for the the, the mouse and i'm thinking what the fuck am i at here working when we're gonna throw our money away at a fucking mouse i mean well we go to the vet and he what is he going to do to the mouse give it like an operation or you know hospitalize his fucking dumb mouse um so i was actually relieved when it died i was like thank god that's cocked it i've never heard of that
1: before i've never ta- i've never taken a mouse i i mean I know of people who've had a, a mouse for a pet. Um, I didn't growing up, but it's perfectly normal. But taking it to the
0: vet is a wild move. Your wife is a very kind person. She's very nice. She is. She's got a huge heart, and it's, no, it's I'm not sure what she's doing with me. Um, all right. <laughs> let's get into some taking care of business. Please. first bit of tcb i got a message from our friend andy mayo and he's asked to come on minna fandom but he said to me can you surprise red don't tell him i'm coming on i just want to like be there when we go to record and uh, I, I guess I, I did put out a poll um after that message and the poll was should andy mayo go away again and it was a resounding 75.7 yes 24 4 percent no so I think it's really clear that what the Minna fans want Andy to do.
1: I can't, I don't know what the numbers were when he filled in. Um, I've heard they were not good. Uh I voted go away as well. I know Mayo did too. I love the guy. Um I want to have him on just to troll people similar, probably to what Kirk has with Clemmer on his show. But um he reached out to me. He wanted to be on the rundown too. So he's, he's out there in the DMs. I can tell he's active. He wants to talk about this show. I do love that. I love having Manners or Mayo around. I'm sorry I didn't need to do that. I love having. That's Mayo okay. Around.
0: I like Mayo and would love to have him on the show. But it is extremely brand damaging, and it is sort of hard to go into it when you know from prior releases that. 100 people or 200 people who normally listen to the show are just going to stop listening as soon as they hear the voice. Then there's another few hundred who will probably listen to a bit of it before they throw their phone out the window in frustration at him. And then there's a small percentage that will stick with it. So, you know, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a man here to serve the men of fans and I just don't know if I can um, bring him back on. Well, I hope I hope
1: the fans will listen to this and then give us our give us their honest feedback. I think the poll is easy to abuse as we've seen. Twitter polls are easy to abuse. So maybe possibly we can get some honest feedback. I would love to have Mayo on here if we could please.
0: So. I, I guess the difference is as well, if he does a solo show like he did last time and I just upload it, it's not affecting our show. So I can upload that and I'm happy if, you know, a few people listen to it, great. If most people um, pass it, fine. Whereas if he comes on with us, that means, you know, people are going to be forced with this dilemma. Do we stick with Red and Manners, who we love, and put up with Mayo, a bit like maybe when VD was on, or do we, um, do we you know, go all in and listen to the whole thing? So. Yeah, I just don't want to put my fans in that position.
1: I wouldn't want to do that either. No, I guess I'll well, stay tuned. I don't know what we can do. But, um, yeah, I kind of like Mayo. Maybe I like him. I don't know.
0: Yeah, I really like him. I, I'm, I would be happy for him to stick around. Just don't let, allow him Don't allow him to talk about Batman. Don't allow his movie takes. <laughs> really. He has terrible movie takes. Just don't do it. Please. What's this about the rundown? He wants to go on this rundown. Is it coming back? Uh, the, are the, the rumors rundown, of this true, true? The rundown will be back.
1: I, I have faith it's just you know we're piecing some things together as we've gotten here to april um you know just like easter you know with, with jesus coming back uh, i think ziggy will have arisen by then we'll get sheldon my
0: brother back again uh it's coming back we will be back i know it I, so i would love that and and you'll still do Minifandom. in a fandom you won't be of course exiting this to focus on other projects yeah.
1: There's the only way I am not doing minifandom is when you kick me out of here. Which, when you put that other poll up, I'm assuming that's what that was the the chess move to get me out of here. That's what I thought it was. So
0: we'll you see. are so paranoid. I, I actually what? was just c- curious. I put up a poll: who is my best co-host? And so, just to give you an idea of the comparison of votes, there were 74 votes on the Andy Mayo poll. And on on this poll, who is my best co-host, there were 651 votes. So still not many. VD won the poll 89.6% to 10.4%. But when I pressed him on some of the voting irregularities, I do get the feeling that a lot of people that voted for VD have never listened to one second of audio that VD and I have done or that you and I have done.
1: Do you think there may be uh, some Russian influence maybe? um do you think there's these this poll had been adjusted in some way through russian bots maybe steve robinson too that's what that was my first thought i thought this was a steve robinson ruse right away uh because i was doing very well at the start and then it just got away from me there um i don't know
0: yeah so know. that's what surprised me it was about 50 50 um well, going yeah. along going really well red was in the lead and then um vd just you know, went ahead by miles. And I actually thought the same as you, there's definitely been some, you know, mincel voting irregularity here. Someone's bought some votes, but look, VD I- I've asked him for comment. He said, it's just his um, international fans. He's he's um, you know, probably reached out to his wolves team. You know, he supports this football team wolves. And he said okay. some of those fans, he got them to vote. So either way, oh, the going. poll means nothing. Uh-huh. Um, there was a lot of very – if you look at the comments, there was a lot of very favorable comments about you. Like there weren't many people saying VD was better you know, in people, the comments.
1: Uh, people – I think people really like me. I usually say that as a joke. I think people might actually like me, which is stunning because I'm not a likable person. Um, I think you tolerate me. So I, I, that made me feel kind of good, inside, You know, a little warm and fuzzy.
0: I feel mm. nice. Thank yeah. you. And look, I think the poll made VD feel warm and fuzzy. So it was, uh, look, it's a win-win. So well, thank you. VD's you. feeling right. good. So yeah. as usual, I'm a man of the people. Yeah. All right. Any any TCB you want to um, get into before we um, hit the show um, stuff? I do. Yeah.
1: So I, I cannot reveal my sources. Um, I was sent some audio in the DMs. Um, I don't want to share it here because I don't think it's going to sound great. And I didn't want to prep. You before this, Mentors, but there is a clip that I was sent of our last show, and you have a tendency to say I and me at an incredibly high rate. You talk about yourself a lot. This person was showing me. I didn't anticipate that. I'm wondering if that's like a, a tick for you or if there's like there's something going on there. I don't think you talk about yourself um, unnecessarily, but this person had sent this to me and said, this is alarming. Um, you need to slow manners down on the eyes and me's, and you know needs to be more sharing and giving of his time um i just want to get your initial thoughts on that
0: well can i ask who sent you that audio
1: i can't i cannot reveal my sources i cannot do that i will say this person is a fan of you is a fan mm-hmm. of me um i can't reveal it i'm just telling you in, in a 10 second clip there's a lot of eyes and me's. He just went through. He clipped all the eyes and me's out of an episode, and there's like boom, 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 boom.
0: So well, I it just- is my show, and I will talk about myself whenever oh. I want, okay. and I don't need you to tell me or your friend to I, tell I can- me how to podcast. No, Listen, no, 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 Red. Don't get what's the actual criticism? No, no, because what is the criticism there? I talk about myself on my own podcast. What, what, what's the criticism there okay i sometimes have verbal tics like you know or you know those things i could i mean they're fucking annoying for me Listen. as a listener well but what's what should i say what you like, refer to you- myself in the third person Mena's thinks do you want me to do that from now on I, you're getting very defensive i didn't even
1: say this i think i prefaced it by saying i don't think that you talk about yourself too much i'm just saying i was sent this this is all that i'm saying now would I be doing this and using this sound? Did this person send this to me so that I could then kind of rev you up a little bit and get you going a little bit? Mm, so maybe, funny.
0: maybe they did that. Well, I don't know. I, I am saying to this person, they can Please. go fuck themselves. who sent you that audio. Okay. That's all, that. That's all I'm saying. That's all I'm saying. They can fuck me. Cause they suck. I did not see
1: that coming. I did not anticipate that. Wow. Okay. I will. Hopefully they're listening to this. Maybe they can, maybe they'll hear that. I don't know. Well, that was all that was all that's all I had for TCB there. And the was
0: stupidest that. criticism I've ever heard from some oh, there was no drop gig. Co- oh. Anyway, next good well, that's the end of TCB. Red's <laughs> lost it over there. Um right, let's get into the show stuff. Right. Um we've got so we've got lots of listener questions. Obviously mm. the hot button issue is Harrison, but let's kind of do it chronologically. We haven't talked about Chris moving to Las Vegas to follow the new baseball team. And obviously this is not confirmed yet that there's an expansion team there. But, you know, if it is confirmed, there's a very good chance Chris and Commuter Laura will move down to Vegas. What were your initial thoughts? I am always amazed at Clemmer's ability,
1: his uh, irrational confidence, which I love, his ability to get very cunty on Twitter, which we saw this week too, And just the lifestyle in which he lives, and I I appreciate his wife very much um, because she seems to be fully on board with all of this. Um, And any woman that would put everything down and move to Las Vegas, um, I could see why a lot of guys would want to move to Las Vegas. For a, a professional woman to put it all down and go to Las Vegas because of a professional baseball team is stunning. I mean, talk about life goals, wife goals. I mean, it, your wife sounds like a, a wonderful human being. Chris Clemmer has a wonderful wife to be able to do this. I can't imagine trying to sell this to your wife. I, there's no way. if My my imaginary wife, there's no way she'd be on board for this. There's no way.
0: I think she's like brainwashed or hypnotized or something because she's letting him go to the movies every day. You know, she's, she's paying for everything. Now he wants to move to a city to be a, a sort of – get on the ground floor of this new baseball team. So I actually get where Clem is coming from, that there is would be something exciting to be there as a new team is basically born. You know, you're there for the first uh, game. You know, you're one of the first few, you know, season ticket holders. And I could see that would actually be quite cool if you're a sports fan. But I don't think it's cool enough to, like, upend your whole life and move to a different part of the country. No, and it's such a different part, like all your families
1: in New Hampshire, northern New England, I'm assuming, um, to then just go to Las Vegas. It seems like totally out of the blue, odd, like Las Vegas is, I don't know if you've ever been, but it's a, no. a wonderful spot to visit, you know, spend a long weekend. Uh, like a New Orleans, you spend a long weekend there or Nashville, but I couldn't imagine living there. That seems like a, a lifestyle I could not keep up with at all, but
0: climber. He can drink, that's for sure. Yeah, he'd just drink himself into a fucking stupor. I mean, that's what I think this is an excuse for. If he gets a season ticket holder, he can just get blasted at this new um, MLB park, um, you right. know, 80-odd games a year, uh, just fucking just stumble home, uh, you know, doesn't have to justify where he's been. He's been sporting his new team. One thing I would say to to Clamo is that as, a, as an ardent baseball fan, when it's a bad baseball season for your team, it just fucking goes on forever. So I can't imagine it being fun. You go to this new team and they lose sort of say 90 games in their first year. And you've got to sort of sit through that. Like, I don't know. That, that doesn't sound fun to me.
1: It, it would just be just another spot in Vegas to go to sit inside in air conditioning too. Like it would just be just another massive casino with a baseball team in it. Right. Like they, I could, I envision Clemmer sitting at the slot machines probably with his mother-in-law. I think his mother-in-law mm. was the one who wanted to go to the casino for her birthday. Um, you know, at the Encore Casino, and he's just playing yeah. slots and watching baseball. Like maybe that's the appeal. I have no idea, but it's an odd move. I couldn't imagine it. Crazy.
0: Good content though. Um, that, what else happened on, um, Tuesday show, Monday show, I can't get all confused cause I get them on a different day to you guys. Um, they started off with the Callahan coffee, yes. which maybe I thought was a bit overdone. Like it's, it's funny, but I don't know. I didn't think it was that funny.
1: It depends on, and this is the time difference. So I don't know when you got word of this or saw this big announcement, right? For, for, for me, it was Sunday night and this was like a Twitter dream. Um, and you just couldn't, I couldn't wait for it to be talked about on the show. Cause you knew, you knew Kirk was going to shit all over this thing. So when they announced it Sunday night at like eight o'clock, um, their big announcement. First off, the artwork that Craig, the Craigster, is putting together on Twitter <laughs> is so bad. It's so bad. I don't know if it's him <laughs> or the intern. I'm assuming it's him. But it's all Jerry has is the one pose it's the arms cross pose. And you, he's kind of like pushing the inside of his bicep to make him look stronger. Right. And he's got like, so then they just do like the reverse of it all the time. It's a terrible pose. The artwork is god awful. And then you get the announcement for the coffee. And then you can start to make the uh, the jokes that we're all making on Twitter. It was great, and then to hear Kirk do it, I loved it. It was 24 hours of hilarious content to shit on Jerry Callahan. But I don't know if that what that was like for you because of the time difference. That might
0: have been a little different too. Oh yeah, it was fine. I mean, I, I, I see it was funny. I just don't know if it needed the whole sort of half an hour of the show dedicated to to making fun of Callahan Coffee. I know it's a bit of a crutch for them, like uh, sort of Dave and kirk and you know when he's struggling for content jerry's an easy target uh, the the jerry impression is is always funny for me i just i fucking
1: can't stand jerry Callahan too so just kirk shitting <laughs> on him all the time is the best um i think that's probably why i liked the K C show so much because kirk was the only person who was gonna stand up to him and shit on him and jerry was just gonna have to take it because jerry's such a humorless asshole about it so um i loved all of it i'm sorry I loved it.
0: Yeah, I mean, it's been a pretty quiet week. So Monday's show was was that, and then they got they did talk about Mel Gibson, and I have to say, again, Kirk and I are just simpatico. I mean, blood brothers, twinsies, you know, cousins from another mother, brothers from another mother, whatever. You know, you can because I, I feel exactly the same way about Mel Gibson that kirk does like i had this as a note i wanted to ask you because i this is your guy i mean this is he australia's is. man yeah he is he's a big he's i'm a big mel gibson fan i think kirk's right he's an incredible actor he actually you know he trained at a, a theater school not far from where i live called the national institute of dramatic art so he had a, a classical theater training so he, he's not one of these sort of actors that's, you know, done a few things, uh, got a pretty face, and then, you know, all of a sudden thrown into the movies. He was actually, you know, a bona fide um, star, a theatre star as well. So, yeah, I I mean, I think he's amazing. Um, He did look fucking crazy in that clip, though. I mean, he looked unhinged. Like, if you'd sort of said to me he'd done a line of meth or something before he went on air, I would have actually thought that explains it because he was twitchy, he couldn't look at the camera. Uh, very strange, but when he acts, he's incredible. I've just watched the Lethal Weapon series again recently, and he just—he's got the crazy eyes. You know, when he yeah. was Braveheart, he just brought you in. Love him. Yeah. Oh yeah, I, tremendous. I think um was it uh, that movie Payback too is underrated.
1: He's got some underrated movies, Um, but it was just religion, right? Did religion just made him lose his fucking mind? Like uh, Kirk mentioned his dad. I'm not familiar with the backstory too, but just an absolute psycho do you think it's do you think that he fell sh- do you, like how do you look at his career as a fan of his do you feel like he fell short too with Kirk like, as Kirk was saying on the show yeah
0: as I said I'm completely in lockstep with Kirk that yeah yeah you know, Mel Gibson could have had an incredible uh career later later on but he, because he's gone mad and done all these crazy things and pissed off so many people and I think Mel Gibson's dad was anti-semitic and that was where Mel got it from. Um, uh, so, yeah, I, I'm with Kirk on that because, as I said, Mel's a wonderful actor. Like, he could do roles. Um, you know, he can really become a, a character. Um, Absolutely. Now, not I like some to actors your... who are always the same. Like, Ryan, to... Reynolds. Ryan Reynolds is always the same. Uh,
1: yeah, but I, lo- I love Ryan, Ryan Reynolds. I hate Kirk and Dave's take on Ryan I hate Dave Cullinan's take on Ryan Reynolds. There you go. So I'm going to give some, some criticism there. What is your take on Clooney versus Bruce Willis because this I feel like is actually a very interesting conversation. And I think Kirk is very wrong, but I'm curious to see what you think about that.
0: It was the dumbest thing I've ever heard Dave Cullinan say. I mean, and Uh. he said some really dumb things, but Bruce Willis (laughs) was an incredible superstar way more um, impactful than George Clooney has ever been. I mean, Clooney is well-known. He's liked Bruce Willis, like, was the star for many, many years. And that you just can't compare them. I think, in okay. But I think, I, this is why I think it's actually a good take
1: by Dave Colonnade. And shocking, I agree with him, in a way. What if, what about the ladies, is my, my argument in this, is because I think the ladies love George Clooney. And ladies only like Bruce Willis, if they even like him at all. Now, I love Die Hard. I love Pulp Fiction. If you put top two movies against top two movies, they're, they're top one movies against each other. Bruce Willis is going to win it all day. Don't get me wrong. But I think Clooney has a better top four when it comes to rewatchable movies. And his fifth point in his favor is he's got a better TV career, too. And, again, the ladies love Clooney. Love him. So I think Clooney actually wins in that. He's no got way. no way. He's got and this is again Die Hard is one of my top 10 movies, but if you factor in how good Michael Clayton is, and by the way, Bruce Willis could not do Michael Clayton. Have you seen you've seen Michael Clayton. You'd be at least be with me on this, right? Like there's I'm no way. For Bruce, a long time. There's no way Bruce Willis can pull that off. I'm just saying I think Cullinan is right because of the ladies. You got to really,
0: you know, you got to have some respect for the ladies sometimes. That's what I'm saying. Like, yeah, I as you know, I respect women a lot. But uh, I think be. what well, the difference is, you know, the ladies would buy a magazine with Clooney on the cover where people would go and see Bruce Willis' movies. I think uh, Clooney may have been a sex symbol. Uh, a few things. Are you forgetting Moonlighting? I mean, that was an incredibly good show. That's so a good show. Um, Bruce Willis had a great, great TV career. Moonlighting with Sybil Shepherd. A-plus television. Then your top five, I think, okay, so you got – Die Hard 1, Die Hard 3, Pulp Fiction, The Sixth Sense, Unbreakable. I mean, that's already five. I know.
1: Yeah, but okay. But you throw in plus two. Can we also factor in? Now, I know the movie didn't do great, but we'll go back to Batman. Bruce Willis was never considered to be a Batman. Clooney was. Now, was it the worst Clo- Batman ever? Yeah, but that wasn't Clooney's fault. That was the director's fault. So you got to factor that in, too. That's for a legacy. He's also one of the Batman. Like... That's also a feather in his cap. But Up in the Air is a great movie. Michael Clayton, obviously. Ocean's Eleven. And my favorite with Jennifer Lopez. That movie with Jennifer Lopez is her apex and Clooney's apex together. It's an incredible
0: uh, Red, I can hear people switching off the podcast now. I mean, they go to Adithian uh, and me for this stuff. Let's move uh, on. Okay. I'm not getting true. into this argument anymore. Right, okay. Really- I just think, I think Cullinane's more right than you give him credit for. That's all that I'm saying. We've just shredded for half our list. audience in that chat. Let's continue. Well, okay. um, yeah, I brought up me. I'm sorry. sorry. <laughs> uh, and then, then it's a uh, Tuesday show was a, a, a lot of fun. So it started with the, the Howie Carr call. Loved it. I loved it. And I love the Kathy Carr audio in the background. I really want to know what happened. Kirk's tweeted out since the show was um, released that, oh, surprisingly, Dr. Dan and Howie Carr have the same lawyer. So I'm sure a lawyer's been in touch with Kirk about that. I did go back to listen to see if the audio had been changed, but it's all still there. Um Yeah. Reaction? Um It was i couldn't believe it as soon as she got on the
1: phone it was i i had to go back through a couple of times and just keep listening to it because it was incredible it was one of those rare moments where it's like i can't believe this is happening on a live pod like for them to get this audio live for having it get get it clean um that's in, in your podcasting career this is such a rare moment to have the greatest gift of comedy right there that clip will be used all time against howie carr Um, it was stunning to listen to. I've never heard a man back down to his wife before. I I like to take a dive against my wife, my imaginary wife. Like, you know, you just no stress, happy wife, happy life. That man got off that phone so fast. He pulled his hamstrings. Uh, It was incredible. I loved every part of it. Oh, gosh.
0: Yeah, it made me appreciate the magic of the Kirk Minahan show and, you know, Kirk is super talented at just going with the flow and uh, diving into stuff. He, 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 you know, he he like he just wouldn't happen on any other show. Like, all right, let's call Howie, and then you know he keeps him on the line. And I was I was originally I was like a bit annoyed. I was like, why did Cullinane tweet out that they had Howie on the line because that might seem like he's being stitched up. But then I realised. Well, Cullinane tweeting that meant we got the Kathy audio, so uh, no criticism of Cullinane there. I think it, it made Kirk and the show look bad because it sort of felt like they were sort of like, "Oh, we've got Howie Carr on the line and, uh, you know, what are we going to get him to say? But in the end, Kathy just gave everyone that gift of falling for it. And, uh, you know, I- until then, until that moment, it would have been a really nice conversation, very forgettable. You know, yeah. what, you know Howie's not that interesting and then all of a sudden bang that little bit of magic dust
1: and it was almost it was almost been like i wonder because i saw a little bit of this chatter on kms communities which is a, a a fantastic spot to troll people and i'm dying to get kicked out of there one day dave Colne will um mm-hmm. i could see some chatter on there uh that people were saying that kirk was turtling to howie carr and it felt like there was a little bit of a turtle there right like like, Kirk, before Howie gets on the phone, Kirk is calling him a pussy, doing this and that. And then all of a sudden, Howie Carr gets on there, and Kirk's like a little teddy bear, blah, blah, blah. And then you forget all that when you hear Kathy come on there. Like, that's all That's all gone. And props to Dave Cullenane because as soon as Dave Cullenane comes on that phone, Howie Carr didn't last 20 seconds. I clocked it, Mentors. 20 seconds. That was it, and then he was gone. So Dave Cullenane. Dominated Howie Carr. You must agree with this, please.
0: <laughs> no, I don't agree with Give it with to my guy. All. I,
1: they, I can't remember downstairs. the line
0: that Dave Callanaine said, but he was like, I won that. And I'm like, no, you didn't. You just said something stupid that he had no response to. <laughs> I um, love the, it the, was- the, one, the one thing I will say about Kirk and Turtling with Howie Carr is like you can't just go at someone straight away because then they'll just hang up the phone. So I think Kirk trying to get into a conversation with Howie about everything was the right tactic. And Howie was very, you know, he wasn't combative. He was very he gentle was. and it was a very respectful conversation. So I, I don't think, you know, Kirk can just pick up the phone and go, what the fuck were you saying on the radio right. yesterday? I mean, then Howie's just going to hang up and we don't get anything. So I think that's just idiots trying to have a go at Kirk.
1: Yeah, I think so. That's probably true. I When I first saw that tweet posted, I assumed they were taking calls, and I assumed it was a Howie Carr impression. I didn't think that was really Howie Carr when they had him on the show. So I was pleasantly surprised and loved every part of it. And I wonder what that Kathy conversation – that's why I'm looking forward to this Magnolia show is because we're going to know whatever Kathy said to Kirk in one way or another when he hints at it on the show because who knows what she was talking to him about. I'm assuming they had a conversation on his ride home, right? Like there's no way – she was ever actually going to be on the show. So he had to have talked to her at some point. And then now the lawyers involved that, that I can't wait to listen to this Magnolia show. It's going to be great.
0: We'll get I guess the stuff. only thing that could happen is they could take Kathy's audio out. Cause she never agreed to be on the show. So they could say how he agreed. He said, he, he, they said live to tape to him, but Kathy was never given that option. So maybe the lawyers could say, well, you have to take out Kathy in the background. Um, it's too late. It's out there. We've all heard it. So if they take it out now, it's not going to do anything, is it? It's it's gonna live in our memories forever. And
1: oh, it's beautiful. It's an all-time, it's an all-time moment. You know, if this show ends, you know, this summer, this is right at the top of it. It's beautiful. Thank what what you. do you think Steve Robinson did when he heard it? Oh, Steve must have been so excited. It sounded like everything ended so poorly there, especially with Kathy. She seems like um i'm sure she's pushing this litigation she's pushing this this issue with the lawyer she must be absolutely miserable to work for totally unpleasant didn't get along with kirk was upset with kirk and steve for steve leaving um she is just she seems like a monster man so steve must have been very excited about this
0: what will really annoy kathy is that uh, everyone's just had a peek behind the curtain that we've seen the real kathy like i don't know her i don't but I'm sure she puts on a front when she's, you know, trying to sell stuff and promote Howie Carr's suite of products. She pretends to be this great person and friendly. And and then, uh, you know, you just peel back a layer and we see this sort of bitchy interior.
1: And this is exactly what Kirk and Jerry and others, I'm sure, text about all the time is talking about her and talking shit about her. So it was, oh, God, that was so good.
0: Uh, all time moment. Well, I feel like we've just been dancing around everything for the last half an hour, Red. it's it, we've, we've talked about Mel this. Gibson. We had that awful chat about Bruce Willis v. Mel Gibson. Maybe we should have a run sheet so I can veto some of your topics in advance. <laughs> um, maybe that I'm poll was that. Ladies love Clooney. That's all I'm saying. Ladies love. Clooney. Well, I'm I'm saying if anyone's still listening, i uh, great to have you still with us on Minifandom. <laughs> it's my show. I am one of the Hi. co-hosts. Me and you. You can all fuck off. There um, you go. And I'm joined by my number one co-host in Red, uh, Red from Maine. And, uh, yeah, so, look, the the biggest talking point this week uh, was the Harrison call. I have had so many DMs and questions about Kirk's leadership ability. I mean, for those who haven't heard it, it well, if you haven't heard it, you're not listening to the show, but it was just the most – I loved it. I've got to say some people thought it went on too long. I loved it. What about you?
1: How many – how many dms before we get into this how many dms from mayo on this did you get just get a rough number
0: oh about 20 but there's been a lot a lot of people have reached out saying kirk needs some leadership coaching yes this is
1: this this checks all the boxes for you this is leadership this is management this is all those things and that's the first thing i thought of was like i can't wait to talk to Manners about this because It was. And I saw a little bit of criticism that they thought it went on too for too long. I don't care. Like, stay in this conversation, go talk in circles all you want. This is an incredible listen. Um, And I feel so bad for Harrison. Just hearing him. My only criticism, my real criticism for Harrison is that Bluetooth, whatever he's doing on that phone, sounded awful. He was underwater Mm. the entire time. It sounded like he was on an iPad talking to you on a show last week. Uh, It was awful. It sounded
0: terrible. Um, I feel so bad for Harrison. I mean... I mean, that's what, the way I thought we could do it, is let's sort of look at each character in this story individually. So let's start with Harrison. Um, please. Uh, I, look, Harrison's big mistake was was the, the flight down to Magnolia, wasn't it? That's where all this started, saying he didn't want to drive down, and he wanted to fly down, and he was seeking reimbursement. And And, and I said it before, I, I think maybe if he didn't want to drive down he should have just paid for a flight himself and got there on his own bat and maybe afterwards he can you know think about getting reimbursed for it but but
1: and i guess a lot of a lot of the problems in kms comes from men whether they're middle-aged men or young men just not being able to communicate and talk about their feelings or what their issues mm. like what What is Harrison's issue with riding down? Why can't he ride in a car that long? And if he's got serious anxiety issues, why can't he, why didn't he share those things earlier? Like why, why wait to that last show to call in, to have that conversation? Why not talk about this weeks ago? Like you could do it where you're saying like, I'm in on the joke, but Kirk, by the way, this is the reason why I thought about flying down and blah, blah, blah. Like I have anxiety. I don't even know what the real reason is. I wish we knew. Um, but if he just communicated that earlier on, I think he avoids all these things while still being in on the joke too. But it's really difficult for Kirk and Dave to be talking about this and Mike joining in. It's really, it's gotta be really difficult for a young guy like
0: that to not get twisted up with, with yeah, so, everything that they're saying. So, so then Harrison, uh, you know, it, it seems like he started to take everything very seriously and he actually believed Kirk when Kirk said a number of times after the Magnolia show, we won't need Harrison anymore and he, he can move on. And and Harrison took that very, very seriously, didn't think it was a bit. And I have to say, you know, listening to the show, I never thought it was a bit. Like I thought Kirk was 100% serious that Harrison's role would change after the Magnolia show. I mean, what did you think as a listener?
1: Yeah, and I think I remember us talking about this a couple of weeks ago where it felt like, it was a part of the show. It felt like it was a running joke, but it also felt like it was Kirk's way. Like he did with Justin of pushing him out. Like, yeah, I'm joking. I'm kind of shitting on you, but also, Hey, like you got to fly away. You got to do your own thing. So it, 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 didn't, I know what Kirk was saying on the phone to Harrison, but it didn't seem like it was a complete joke either. I think Kirk, really wanted Harrison to move on and was really leaning into this thing. And the audio makes it sound like Kirk really believed it. So,
0: yeah, you can get to Kirk's role in a minute, but let's have a listen to this. So just put yourself in Harrison's shoes, listening to this audio. You're you're 23. You've heard all the other stuff that's been said. And then you hear this um, recently. Have a listen. But does he think,
1: does he think it's a bit or no? I don't
0: think so. I don't think he understands why so you you want him to leave. Stuff. That's
1: yeah. true. Is he still think he's gonna be part of the
0: show like a week from today? Because he's not It's kind of open-ended. No, it's not. Yeah. So I mean I mean that's pretty incriminating. Like that, if you were that, to go to a court of law with that, Kirk wouldn't have much defense to that audio. Right.
1: And I could see uh you and I not getting twisted on that because we've listened to Kirk for a long time too. And we're a little bit older. We're a little bit wiser, but for a 20 something year old Harrison to hear that, I can see him hearing that and other clips throughout the weeks, like where he's going to get pretty twisted and caught up and get emotional about that. Um And not execute a
0: phone call. Well, either. Yeah. You know? I mean, I think that was some truth from Kirk there. I think that's how Kirk really feels. Push Staying on Harrison, I think Harrison did really well calling up and stating his case. I thought he did pretty well on that phone call. I mean, he was never going to win it because he's a 23-year-old kid up against Kirk and um you know, Mike and and Cullinane. So he was in a no win situation. But I actually think that showed real balls to call up and say, "I want a definitive answer." And if I don't get the answer I want, I'm probably not going to go to Magnolia. I mean, he was. It came across from Harrison like it was like, "Let me know where I stand." And if it's if you want me out, then bye, fuck off.
1: Yeah, and it's you could hear it where he's talking about how he feels like he's been in on the joke, but this has all been too much. Like this is. You've been talking about it. You've been hinting at it. I know you want to push me out. So, like, put your cards down, man. Fire me. Fire me then. If you want me out, then then fire me. Otherwise, so it was like it took a lot of balls. I felt bad for him because he was talking around in circles, and they interrupted it with the Kathy um, car conversation too. Um, No win situation when you're on the phone like that. I don't know
0: how I would handle that as a 23-year-old. I don't know. That's a tough spot. So so this is where – let's move on to Dave Cullenane's role in the situation before oh we circle around to the boss. And Oh, boy. I don't expect a lot from Dave Cullinane, but what is true is that a couple of weeks ago, Harrison reached out to Dave Cullinane and voiced his concerns. Harrison, you know, I think called Dave and told him how he was feeling and wanted to know how things were going. And it sounds like Cullinane didn't really then sort it out. Like he could have said to Harrison – Don't worry, it's all a bit, you know, you're not going anywhere. Maybe there'll be a bit less work for you after Magnolia, but if you need two years' experience, that's fine. Don't sweat it. It's just Kirk being Kirk. But I don't think Cullinane ever gave Harrison his reassurance. not that I think that's 100% Harrison's job. Like, I mean, Cullinane's job. Like, I just think a good producer would have then sort of seen the danger signals and just maybe tried to, you know, ease Harrison's concerns. It's. It, I think it's.
1: It maybe it's top-down leadership. I don't know what it is. It seems to be Kirk style. It was definitely Steve's style too. Dave Cullenane, same role. Like as that producer, they're looking for self-starters. They're looking for independent guys. Um, they're not here to hold hands. Um, in a perfect world, offline, talking on the phone. Maybe he's putting his arm around the kid, helping him out. Um, I. I also. I wonder if Dave. It seems like Dave and Mike both. Um, it seems like Dave was just under the impression that this was just a show joke and they were going to go along with it. Now, you're you're referencing this. Are you referencing this because of what was talked about on the show or do you have inside information? Because it sounds like you might have some inside information here, matters.
0: Yeah, I, I just know that, you know, Harrison reached out to Cullinane about these concerns two or three weeks ago. Okay. I think sort of, you know, opened up with the way he was feeling and then he never heard anything back from Dave or Kirk about it. So he was kind of left to languish. Um, you know, in the sort of, you know, show world where he's just a punching bag for a few weeks leading into Magnolia. Um, but, yeah, I don't think, as I said, I don't, I have low expectations for Dave and he could have um, helped Harrison at that point, but I also don't think it's 100% his job to do that because, you know, Kirk probably, if he found out Cullinane was like sweet-talking Harrison on the side, he might not be too happy with that either. So, so the Cullinane's right. name's called in the middle. But let's, let's get to my friend, my hero, uh, the person I'm looking to mentor one day, Kirk Seamus Minahan. <laughs> this is a diabolically evil performance by him. He, he starts off by shitting on Harrison for a couple of months about this trip. Then he apparently makes all these jokes about pushing him out and Harrison calls up and sort of pulls him up on it and then Kirk just starts screaming, calling him a pussy. It's, you know, a
1: wise man once said, you can't have it both ways. You can't have it both ways. Um, <laughs> it's an interesting move to phrase it the way that he was phrasing it, calling him a pussy and saying it was a joke, and then to have that. But this is what I know. You can't be a great manager, a great boss, and be great at content. Kirk is great at content. His reaction on the show is great for content. What he did to Harrison? great for content even dave Cullenane, not playing buddy buddy not putting his arm around it's all for content that's what this show is so you can't be a great manager you can't be a great leader (laughs) if you want great content mentors that's my that's my take on this i'm curious to see what your take is
0: i mean it was great content but i feel like a poor kid has been made to suffer he's lost his job he's now not going to magnolia i mean that's official he's not going so um yeah uh, so okay i guess my thing is uh, you, you say he can't have it both ways but he, he can't then say oh, i was all a bit you know when yeah, he sort of said Gu- guess guess what i don't actually think mike sleeps with his mother like i think they're very they're incomparable. I thought that was a bad comparison by Kirk because, you know, we're all pretty sure Mike hasn't slept with his mother. Right. Whereas the, the stuff about Harrison is way more believable that, okay, he decided not to drive down with Justin and Mike. So at the end of Magnolia, it's probably going to be time for him to move on. Yeah. We're all in on that joke. The uh,
1: the Dave Cullinane mother-in-law jokes. Um, mm. We're all in on that joke, but the forcing Justin out. And now the forcing Harrison out—that's that blurred lines content. It's where- fucking
0: bad leadership. It is terrible leadership. It is such bad leadership. He's such a bad boss. Just but it's great up, content. It. It's great, but content. it's not great content. It's not necessarily it's- great content. Like I don't think the show depends on that to make great content. Like, uh, like you know, what would have been just as good a content if he'd called Harrison two weeks ago on the show and said definitively, Harrison, you're finishing up at the end of Magnolia, whether you like it or not. That would have been just as good content that that would have been great. But then we get back to we've got an Irish
1: Catholic, former Catholic, you know, middle aged man who's not going to talk about his feelings and emotions. And he's not going to open up like that, nor is Harrison or Dave Colony. Right. But so you can't have it both ways. And in Kirk's situation and we can't have it both ways as listeners like. Kirk's going to give us great content and force those guys out and do those things and give us that peek behind the mirror and have that conversation online and not have it offline too. So I can, I can see it where we, Kirk deserves criticism in this. He's not completely innocent and Harrison isn't just being oversensitive or being a bitch. He did get twisted in a way, but Kirk's got to take some ownership too as a, as a manager, but he's got, take no ownership as a podcast host because that's a great podcast that's a great show that was great 30 minutes back and forth so i don't know i'm manners i like the bad manager who's giving me great content
0: on the show i I just really feel sorry for harrison and i do feel uh, bad for him too and, and i just thought that kirk in that conversation we you know we hear him sort of bounce from you know, calling him a pussy and telling him he doesn't want him to work there anymore to, you know, this is just a bit, you can stay as long as you want. whenever have I fired anybody? So many mixed signals. We're getting like that sort of manic OCD thing from each side. Right. Um, yeah, so I, I thought it was a, a bad look for Kirk. And, you know, Kirk has this thing where he doesn't like being thought of as someone that's hard to work for because a lot of people have said that in the past about him, and he is sensitive about that. And this is just not doing anything for that. It's really tough. It's got to be really tough to work for
1: him. I think what's going to happen, though, is I think this is going to bring Justin back into it. We could talk about that later on, but I think it is very difficult to work for him. But people keep wanting to come back. And I think there's probably still a chance for Harrison, too. You never know later on down the
0: road. I would love Harrison to get his two years experience. That's what it sounded like he wanted, that he said a lot of employers want two years experience and he's done eighteen months. So he sort of feels like he's just six months away from having that on his CV. And I think if if Harrison had articulated that to Carlin or Kirk recently, that I'm really after two years experience, I'm pretty sure Kirk and Carl would have said, fine, no worries. Um because it seems like Kirk doesn't really care. I mean, but it, you know. But
1: it, I was going to say, at the end of that conversation, it still sounded like Kirk was trying to get him to hold on, where he was talking about, you know, you have the hotel room, you know, the plane's already booked. Like, it sounded even at the end of all of it, Kirk it was wound up, he was calling him pussy, he was doing this and that. But at the end of that conversation, he was still trying to get the Harrison to hold on. And for whatever reason, Harrison couldn't get there. It just felt like it was too emotional for Harrison. He couldn't do it. But it really sounded like to me, maybe I'm looking too far into it, but it sounded like Kirk was trying to get him to hold on, to stay on, maybe not necessarily go to Magnolia, but to stay on with the show. And Harrison was not budging. And I don't know what the conversations happened after the show ended, but I mean, like you said, he's not going down to Magnolia. Um, I DM'd Harrison just to say how much I liked having him a part of the show, heard nothing back. I don't know what's going on with him. I hope everything's all right, but. I, I feel bad for the guy, man. And he's a great – how many good guys, great guys? There was 14 of them in that show. He's a good guy. He's a great guy. He is. He's a great guy.
0: Yeah, I just – yeah, I sort of think, you know, in hindsight, Kirk should have just been a little bit more wary of piling in on a guy like Harrison because he's young. He's never – Harrison's never wanted to be sort of show content. Um, so I think and, – and and then I think Kirk should have maybe, as a leader – delegated Harrison's well-being to Cullinane. Like, Cullinane, make sure you're checking in with Harrison. Make sure he knows this is all in good fun and he can do his two years. You know, this all you know, this all could have been prevented if a couple of weeks ago when Harrison and Cullinane spoke, Cullinane said, you're not fired. Don't worry. Kirk never fires anyone. This is all a bit of fun. Um, you know, come to Magnolia. You're not going anywhere afterwards. Um, so, yeah, that's where yeah. we are with that.
1: Yeah. I think you're right. All
0: right. So that was the hot button issue of the week. um hashtag save Harrison. Um, I mean it is really bad. they they've got this they've got this fucking idiot Jack who's this fucking hopeless intern that um for some reason, Cullinane hired because he ca- Cullinane's getting paid cash under the table from Rich Jack. <laughs> and yet Harrison, who's worked so hard for the show, is getting railroaded. Uh, it's just a very sad I mean all slow down I mean he's not getting ra- slowed down. let's not get dramatic. I think Jack
1: is—he's uh, going to do something eventually here. I believe in Jack; it's going to happen. Harrison's not railroaded. Let me let, let's let's not do that. Like he he got twisted up in it. I think everyone's to blame on both sides. But Jack's going to figure this out. He's only just begun, Manners. He's only just begun. He's going to get this network going. He's going to work with people. I saw him reaching out the other day to a guy who's looking to try to get a betting show going, a sports betting show going.
0: This is going to happen. These all right, Let's see, all right, Let's see. All let's right. see. Kind of- you love Colin um, i, I, I got to say Wednesday's show was, I mean, it was fine. I didn't mind the Riggs chat and the movie chat about Nicolas Cage, but it, it was, you know, it was very missable. I mean, if you... You don't like golf or Nicolas Cage, you're not missing right. much. It's not it's not for everybody. I will say I did like to hear Riggs. He's very much in on the show. So I always love to hear the
1: Barstool personalities who are in on the show like that. So I, I did like that part of it and I love golf, but it's not for everybody, that's for sure.
0: I gotta say the Riggs was pretty flat and pretty boring in that interview. Like I, I don't know, I didn't get much life from him. I, I don't listen to full play but I do like golf. I used to play a lot and I do appreciate the Masters. I love watching it. So it's not like I couldn't listen to it, but I just felt that even for a, a, a Riggs chat, it was a bit light on energy and I don't know. Just, but I, Riggs has got a million things going on. Yeah, that's true.
1: It might be a tough time, a tough week for him. Uh, he'd probably be better in person too. I think they'd be more playful
0: back and forth mm. if they are in person too. Yeah, anyway. So that, that would look. that was a forgettable show. But again, I, I don't mind those deep dive interviews because – Even the Nicolas Cage one that was pretty boring. I still like hearing Kirk interview people. I like when Kirk gets in that more sort of serious mode. And, yeah, so I enjoyed it. But I think a lot of people would skip it.
1: Yeah, and I I like Kirk talking about movies. He's not as good talking about movies as we are necessarily Mm -hmm. talking about Bruce Willis and George Clooney. But um, he's very good talking about movies for sure.
0: All right. Now let's get into the Minifan world stuff because we're running out of time. There's a lot of Minifan mm. news plus listener questions. Okay. First thing, got a surprise last night that I was going to bed. Quantum Week dropped an episode, a reunion episode between Carano and Klammer. I think it was just a bit of a, I don't know, just like they felt like recording one. They've made no promises to come back. They were talking about trading places and another song. And then they ended up... Talking about baseball. I fell asleep somewhere in the middle for 15 minutes, then woke up at the end. Um, but yeah, I mean, they sort of addressed the fact that they hadn't recorded in a couple of months. Did you listen?
1: Um, I have not given it a listen yet. I got to be honest. Um, I'm not in a huge rush to listen to Carano. I will say I'm very excited about them doing this show, even though it is odd instincts on Columbus part because Clemmer is going to get absolutely roasted in Magnolia during that show. Hopefully he's not drinking, because he's going to be very active during that show, because there's going to be all kinds of Corano questions. Kirk's going to give him a lot of shit for this, because it doesn't sound like Kirk, even in that conversation on Tuesday's show talking about um, some of the parody songwriters, he does not like to hear Corano's name even mentioned amongst them. So uh, this is Odd Instincts by Clemmer, but also great for us, great content. I can't wait for him to get shit on for
0: it. And I said, I don't know why they did it. Like they didn't explain why they were doing it. It just felt like they wanted to do another episode. So maybe it was to promote Aditya and me to the Quantum Week audience. I don't know, but it is just it, came is out it, of nowhere. Is it? Are you also a Patreon?
1: Are you are you a patron of their their podcast too? Like, is it still a part of Patreon? I have no
0: idea. Like, I don't know. They've
1: stopped all that. I think. Okay, I, was, I didn't know if they had to keep doing this show to stay
0: a part no, of Patreon. I think so they've that, stopped okay. all that. Okay. Anyway, so Quantum Week's back. All right, uh, big news really annoyed me last week. The Beyond Average podcast, guys, Mick and Christian. Well, so this is Mick's big announcement. And and I don't understand why this is not driving more Minifans. fans. I fucking rate because for days he was promoting oh, a big announcement on the Kirk Minahan network. So it's not like he's promoting a big announcement on his own Twitter. He's, he's going on Kirk's network to make this big announcement which happens to be the case season three. Mick is doing a special on the Vegas shootings. And, you know, Mike's mum was there. So this has got to be triggering for her. I mean, so what fucking bullshit? You know, Mick says, oh, I've been planning this for months. Of course you have. And then you decide just before it's launched, let's go back to the Kirk Minahan network. So maybe we can get a bit of a boost for my new true crime podcast. And maybe, maybe Kirk will want me on to help with the case. I love how I,
1: I I listened to none of this part of like I don't know what the I didn't know what the announcement was. The only thing I loved was you responding to it and reacting to it. I love how much they get you going and you get them going. This is a battle back and forth that I love to watch. I don't know. So is he? He's so he's doing a true crime podcast.
0: Yeah, on the he's Vegas just, shootings. On the Vegas shootings. Is this also going to be on the network? Is it just going to be a podcast? No, it's him. He's using Kirk for promotion. He came to the network. It's like me going on the network. Imagine me promoting Men Life. Huge announcement. Imagine two years ago. I'm um, huge announcement on the network. Men is Life, Men is Life. And it's me, say, promoting a true crime podcast I'm making. I would have been fucking railroaded. I mean, I wore a Red Sox shirt once and I got railroaded. I, I mentioned the sponsor once and I got railroaded. Imagine I'd come on and promoted one of my own projects. Mick should be fucking crucified. He should be dragged out in the fucking street and strung up in front of every fucking minifan and fucking made an example of
1: listen i don't have an argument here i love to disagree with you um like if dc did uh his minifan show and then all of a sudden he started promoting his you're not alone show there would be issues there too so yeah um you got a case here matters i wanted to shit all over this take you're 100 right on this my friend
0: and I don't like and, to and say that. You, you have to say, Red. There's no coincidence. They came back to the network just as this is almost ready. There's no fucking coincidence. I, uh, we need to get, we need
1: to get you with them or something. We need to get this more light shine on this. Nobody's talking
0: about this. You're the only person no. talking about this. I know was dead shits attention because they're fucking dead shits morons. Then <laughs> you look at the views on their show. There's like a hundred views. That's me watching it a hundred times because I'm so angry every time <laughs> when I go and hate fuck someone. Wow. So I wish good. I could disagree um,
1: with you. This is incredible. Wow. All right. right next
0: bit of Minifan fan news. There was a little bit of a, uh, so Kevin's uh, Sent a song in to the main show, a Roy Orbison song. Mm -hmm. Uh, It was cut short very quickly. And Mm -hmm. then there was a little bit of a sort of Twitter back and forth between Murchison's Mouse and Kevin from Bristol, two great parody songwriters. Then Murchison's Mouse, after this little Twitter tete a tete with Kevin, decided, I'm going to have a go at Roy Orbison and I'm going to do my own parody. So Murchison's Mouse sent his parody into the main show this week. And Kirk again killed it after about 30 seconds so kevin and merchants mouth got exactly the same treatment and i thought there was some nice justice there
1: i loved what i loved about this i have a half bake a half baked take that i got fully baked and started to think about um so i want to <laughs> run this run this by you so, I, as you broke down so succinctly, they were when he was having that little uh, Twitter thread where he's kind of dunking on Kevin a little bit, I was enjoying it. It's always nice to see Kevin get dunked on. Kevin seems to embrace it. I, I don't have a problem with Merch Mouse doing this, and this is not a criticism of Merch Mouse at all. He's a music snob, though. He is a music snob. Now, I know and you know Kirk sees everything on Twitter, and he listens to everything. You know damn well that Kirk saw that. And I don't think Kirk liked that in that thread. He doesn't like it when a Meta fan gets a little too big for their britches. So I think this is what I think. He hears that song. He knows that Merch Mouse is sending one in because Merch Mouse is tweeting about it. He's already going to shut that thing down quick, fast, in a hurry. Because this is the tell. He pretended like he didn't know who wrote that song. Meanwhile, he knows who Buddy is and he knows who Buddy had just had a kid. He knows everything about everyone he pretended to not know who wrote that song we know he knew who wrote that song he shut that thing down early on purpose it was a flex he wanted to put him in his place just like he did kevin from bristol that's my fully baked theory on this is kirk was doing like, that out of spite
0: i like the theory i, I like the theory i, I would you have agree liked, uh, do you think that would happen he, he couldn't, i don't think so but i would like K- kirk to have played like the song all the way through and maybe played a few really bad ones just to rub Kevin's nose in it a little. Yeah, um, true. That's what Kirk even, and Off is for, though. That's what Kirk and Off is that's for. True. Yeah,
1: that's true. That's
0: uh, It was nice justice, though. Um, yeah, nice nice justice, I thought, for Merchant's Mouse, as those two had the little music beef. Um, Montante had hit the post guy on the most boring person ever. I don't know whoever watches this show hit the post or what it is, but it was... I listened for a few minutes and just gone, like couldn't do it. Um, I, so, you can all skip that one. If you, Montante's world fan, skip hit the post guy. Do you know hit the post guy? I, so I, I know hit the post guy. He's a, he's a day
1: one, um, play the hits guy like myself. I think he hates Dave Cullenane, though. That's the issue. Mm-hmm. Cause everything I've got new respect for him. And well, yeah, see, this is where I think he'd line up with you is because every, every tweet that I have, and then somebody shits on me about my Dave Cullen takes, he likes it or retweets it. Like, I think he's one of those guys who wanted to take over the hit show when Dave left and Dave didn't give it to him or whatever it was. So then it's they get people, people get into their feelings a little bit. I think he's one of those guys, which listen, I love spite. I'm a big fan of spite. So I mm. appreciate that. And he's got the same haircut that I do. So uh, you know, I'm. he seems like a nice guy. I don't think i listen to Montante's world because uh, who would listen to Montante's world? You know? Yeah, who nobody. I
0: mean, I do when they have a decent guest, but you can skip that one. Yeah. Um, our friend Visionless Dave took the week off, so there was no Minahandum. And, and that's my big criticism for VD and why I don't work with him anymore. He's, he's, he's very irregular. He's very... Um, I guess oh. uh, he's very sensitive. He's very moody. You know, one week he can oh. feel like doing a show with you and then by the end of the week he's changed his mind. Hmm. So, um, yeah, I I no hand him last week. Uh, again, VD is very difficult to work with.
1: Oh, I, I hate to hear that's that. What that's what VD really stands cool. for,
0: very difficult. Oh, I thought,
1: okay, well, I mean, I just call him humorless Dave. I thought that was that's my go-to all the time. Okay, yeah, so he's taking the week off. I don't yeah, know if he Anne works hard. That's like, he's got to work hard.
0: Yeah, working hard all week like that, you got to take some time off too. What are you exactly. Do? Um, a hmm. uh, so couple of bits of news. Uh, I have been invited on Atta Theater, name me. So I, I will be going on Clemmer's podcast soon. I think we're recording it um, in the next few days, and it's being released in October. So keep an ear out for it. Um, he's backlogging a few. Um, uh, so sure. you got to do that. I'm- Tell me. Oh,
1: he can't record in new Orleans you're telling me he can't do that i don't understand this manners like you're a professional podcaster you could travel someplace you could do it by phone dave colinane who's a team guy offered him up a microphone you're telling me he can't travel and
0: do this what's the excuse here he's just not very technically competent and he's too proud to ask his friends for help i mean i would help i'm gonna say to him as well like what's the problem with trying some of this stuff and you've always got the recording at home as a backup. So you can try and record something on your phone. You know, so maybe you ask the, the the lady at the concession stand, what, what's been the biggest seller today? And you get back home and if the audio is not great, you don't have to use it. So I don't know. We'll save all this for when I'm on with him. But I, I do think it's a, a big flex from him. Like I've been very critical of the show. Um, I've actually, and now I'm being invited on. So really looking forward to it because I love Chris. Did he reach out to you? He make the yeah, first 100%. Move. Yeah, yeah, 100%. He made the first move. Look at that. that yeah, is, he, He'd actually wow. always flagged that when there was an Australian movie, he was going to reach out to me. So there's an Australian movie about a, a serial killer um, that I'm going to watch. Uh, it's supposed to be very disturbing. So, yeah, looking well, forward to
1: that. I, I look forward to the, the next movie from Maine about a cunt, and then maybe he'll have me on his show too. I don't know. Maybe I'll get that <laughs> invite. We'll see.
0: Uh, and finally, um, you know, my plans for summer in Boston are firming. So I'm really hoping to beat the Wilbur t- at both shows. So firming indeed,
1: the- I've heard. Firming indeed. Yeah, indeed.
0: So ahead. I'm going to be um, <laughs> really hoping for Wilbur tickets. I don't have any. Um, but, yeah, that, I'll probably be on the hunt pretty soon for Wilbur tickets. Uh, for all anyone listening who can help me out with that, my DMs are open. Of course, I'm willing to pay for them, but I'm also happy for men of fans to give them to me. So you decide. Of course. Of
1: course. Um, You're making that Maine swing, I hope, too. You're coming up to Maine, right? Yeah, so
0: my itinerary is looking like flying to Boston. The, mm. I think the, the weekend before the Wilbur show, the Yankees, at Jewett at Fenway Park, so I wouldn't mind going to a, a Yankees-Red Sox game. But then I'd like to get out into the countryside and I'd like to head up to Maine, maybe come back through New Hampshire, maybe swing down to Cape Cod and see the BAP guys and kind of, you know, finish up at the Wilbur. But the problem is obviously if I'm required in studio with Kirk most days, then I have to sort of work around that. So I'll be looking for sort of accommodation near the Watertown studios uh, just to make that very seamless. Listen, you're
1: more than welcome to hang out with me. Um, always welcome at the Casa. Um, Tony and Gig, I'm sure would would love to have you as well. I know what your motives are for coming to Maine, sir. I know what you're doing. And (laughs) I know what your motives are for going to New Hampshire. Okay. Don't you start cheating on me with Ethan. All right. You son of a bitch. (laughs) So I know what you're doing.
0: Love to host you in
1: Maine. Would love to have you here. So I'm looking forward to that.
0: Yeah. So if anyone's got, you know, apartments they rent out or anything like that, let me know. I'm looking for accommodation. I do not want to stay with one minute fan. I'm like, Kirk. I don't want to stay with one minute fan, but, um, there. Just want to put that out there. All right, uh, do you have time for listener questions? We're running over. Do you have ten minutes? I do. Yeah, absolutely. I I, I said to Red uh, before we started, let's try and keep the show under an hour. But we wasted ten minutes on Bruce Willis and George Clooney, so that doesn't yeah, it was count. A great talk. All right, listener questions and feedback. Uh, Five star review. It just says manners, thumbs up. That's from Rick. Thank you, Rick. And I'm not sure if I read this one out last time. Five stars. Awesome show. Favorite show along with KMS. Men is in is super talented and hilarious. I hope he's back soon. Wow, great I review. Mean, I am great. back. I am back. Yeah. I'm glad we got to these reviews. Thank you. This is great. Yeah. yeah. Okay. This is from Tony. <laughs> uh, this is Tony in Maine. Oh, is it true that VD bought votes for the poll? Yes, I think you can yeah. basically say yes. He yeah. didn't win the poll fair and square, and Minnhandem was off last week, so. It's all coming up wins for red. Um, This is from VD. What size bra does bitch tits wear? That's directed at you. I guess so. I don't know.
1: Um, That is a long running joke. I don't, I don't understand where it came from, Um, but
0: I appreciate my fans. I love all my fans. I appreciate you all. Thank you. This is Andy Mayo. I'd love Mena's leadership analysis of that Harrison phone call. Look, I think my analysis of Kirk's leadership abilities is he's just not a very clear communicator. I understand stuff is show content, but I also think around that, Kirk could have been clear. It would have taken one email or one discussion with either Harrison or Dave Cullinane for none of this to happen.
1: I will say, I know Mayo has a passion for management. This is not a textbook. Okay,
0: this is a podcast. It's about content. Content is king. I'll say that. I'll leave it there. Well, some poor twenty-three-year-old kid had a nervous breakdown uh, on a bar stool show for the whole world to listen. I mean, have a, a heart, guy. man. He's have a great great heart. Guy. I mean, you're fucking guy. wearing a bra. you. You were wearing that bra there? You think you'd <laughs> he's a great um, guy? He's a great guy. He's a good guy. He's a great guy. There you All go. right, VD. Is Dave not knowing about Steve is a liar, the lowest moment for him on KMS? Does it prove that you were right about the necessity of doing some general research on the history of the show so that Dave Cullinane is more informed? So that was a damning bit of audio where Cullinane didn't know who the Steve's a liar guy was.
1: I disagree, but okay. I mean, I could. I mean, if you want me to uh, expound upon that i can but i disagree totally
0: why oh
1: well because thank you for asking um so you seem to be a big fan of steve robinson uh clearly visionless dave humorless dave and boredom from the north is a very big steve robinson fan um they would remember that steve robinson had no idea what was going on at k and c had no idea the backstory there was not actually a listener to that show and still was their favorite and your favorite producer of that podcast. So by that logic, Dave Cullinane not having a real backstory on the show doesn't hurt him at all either. So you can't have it both ways, guys. I'll say that.
0: You you can't say that again either. Um, Well, uh, I just did. I'll say it again uh, too if you want. I I have low expectations for Dave, but I think, say, if I've been given the job, my bare minimum, research wise is i sort of understand that it's pretty hard if you're dave to go back and listen to all the shows because it's hours and hours of content especially on our five days a week Mm. but i would have at least watched all the highlights that have been clipped on youtube and socials like i'm sure in a dropbox folder there's all the clips and stuff they put up on socials i would have gone through them all of them because you know if it's been clipped and shared somewhere else they wanted attention paid to it so i don't think Dave did that. I had a chat with him when he was on um, Enough About Me or Enough About Menas um, recently. and I sort of said, why didn't you even, like, look at the last soccer show to see what happened? And he, he's so stubborn. He, he, his stupid brain cannot see why you would do that. But it doesn't surprise me. Um,
1: he, he's an artist. It's not a part of his process. Let the
0: artist create. I don't tell Picasso exactly. how to paint. Low expectations. Not a smart guy. Ted Sarandis. Do you agree that Kirk turtled horribly in his interview with Howie Carr? Oh, a little Daddy. bit. As I, 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 I said, I don't think – I think Kirk did the right thing. He was actually trying to get in an argument with Howie, like to talk about it, and it just never got there. It was playful, how he was playful. Kirk was
1: trying to get under his skin a little bit, but still have a good back and forth. I'm with you mm. on that. Totally agree.
0: Then from Ted, if the awful Jerry Callahan podcast can sell merch, why can't a top show like Mina Fandom sell merch? Lots of fans out there would buy a Mentor Menace T-shirt or a Red Nation coffee mug. And then what are your master's picks? Wow. Um, I don't have any master's picks, but I, I will
1: say this. I did love those T-shirts that you had um, a while ago. You had some nice T-shirts that I didn't get the opportunity to buy. Um, I love merch.
0: Menor's merch would sell. I know that. Yeah, I sold like 10 or 12 T-shirts when I did them last time, so they weren't flying off the shelves, that's for sure. Maybe my summer tour, um, I can get some new merch. I've got some ideas for a live Men of fandom the night before the Wilbur. And my other idea is for like a Minapalooza where the night before the Wilbur, we find a venue where like everybody can do a little set, not a whole show, like 15, 20 minutes, like Minifandom, Kirking Off, uh, The Justin Show, um, Minih- or Minihand, VD won't be there, but you know what I mean, that, that kind of thing.
1: Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I What I want, if I can get merch though, can I get, I want a plush Dave in kangaroo with a Menners in his pocket, like a little
0: roo. That's what I want. Mm-hmm. That would be wonderful. That, that's what I want for her. I don't like the sound of that. Awesome. Killer Kowalski, why are you recording with Red since VD won your poll? Because I'm a Red guy. Absolutely.
1: Best co-host you've Red, ever had. Red's,
0: Red's never just got sick of the show and stopped no. turning up because he's just fucking moody. Um, yeah, I love you. Dale Williams, was Jay the best caller on Monday? <laughs> uh, so Jay called the main show twice and – they were, by his standards, not <laughs> as non- nonsensical as they are, or usually are. Like by I any know. other human standards, sure. they were still nonsense. But by his standards, they were about as coherent as he gets. I guess I have to give Jay big props for saying to Kirk wow. about me killing Simba. You know that my mouse's See, death is, made this, it to this, the main show. So he gets this is where all star for me.
1: Yeah, this this is where you're you've been perjured because there's there's no way this this is all because you were brought up on the show. That's all that this is. Come on now. Let's be <laughs> honest. Yeah, 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 yeah. Nobody this is the nicest anyone's been ever said about Jay, whether his parents, his adopted parents, anybody. Nobody's been nice talking about Jay before until right now. This is unbelievable.
0: I'm stunned by this. Wow. Uh next question, John Stewart. Should minifans and menifans unite in support of all women with body image concerns? I think so. I'm happy to help women feel better about their bodies. Happy you do to. a great job. About that. Especially meniladies. Um, I'm yeah, <laughs> happy to make them feel Twitter. better
1: about it. Saw last weekend, as soon as Lucy Burge put up a, a photo and a dress, and then the Lauren Lynn photo and address the next day, my weekend was filled with your comments, your replies. You were simping Mike- in the the best way i guess my
0: cock is red raw after i mean like lauren lynn looks so fucking hot in that picture and she's like this is my second place dress like what is the first place dress gonna look like like this was this was the fucking nail in the wilbur coffin (laughs) i have to be at the wilbur that night to see lauren lynn in her first place dress and lucy burge i'm sorry She is a fucking knockout, way too tall for me. So although when you're lying down, it doesn't matter how tall you are. But all (laughs) I will say is Lucy Burge, she likes The Office, which is my favourite show. She likes sport. I love sport. She's, like, got a sense of humour. There's no way she slept with Curtis, absolutely no way. I've, I've, I've nailed this down. I reckon Curtis sent her a few fucking messages and, and the wife found them and there's no way she let his penis in between her legs. No way. <laughs> well, I mean, if she did
1: props to you, you still got a shot then. I don't know. I, that's, that's a I don't know how you ever would have pulled that, but she, I just feel bad. Cause she doesn't feel like, it doesn't feel like she has any confidence at all. I Feel bad, no, her. definitely not. No, definitely no, that's, not. That's She's not self promotion at all. She's very sure that needs to be on Instagram, that does not need to be on Twitter. That's not
0: good. No, no it can be fucking wherever on the fucking right. ceiling in my bedroom. Right, um, yeah. uh, but yes, um, I would like to help uh, minna ladies, um, with body image concerns. So reach out to me privately, sure. <laughs> you know, send me photos, whatever. Yeah, Happy whatever to. You <laughs> and uh, you know, I, I really appreciate you know all shapes and sizes when it comes to winning, curvy, thin, tall, short, you know, big breasts, small breasts, you name it. Um, so you should just be proud of yourselves. <laughs> um,
1: all right, last, last question. This is from
0: Himothy. Does Kirk Min harbour some resentment towards Kirk Club for pushing Big Steve over the edge? This is kind of a question for Kirk, um, mm. so it's hard to tell. But I don't think... I pushed Steve over the edge. I think it was a team effort. Red, Ziggy. I mean there was a few of us the mincels that really worked together to make Steve miserable by the end.
1: Absolutely. Steve hated the show and hated hated the Minifans even more. Totally checked out. It was a great win for us all. Um
0: congratulations to us cuz the show's never been better. But but I can actually see Kirk being annoyed now when he looks across and there's Dopey Dave in the production studio and he's on Twitter and he sees Big Steve having a good time in his van. He's like, Why the fuck couldn't Menace and those guys have just left Steve alone for a while? And and
1: Dave's such a sweet dummy. He's like a golden retriever. So you can't he tries to get under Dave's skin all the time, but you just can't do it. Dave won't let it happen. So that's gotta be tough because he could always give Steve shit and Steve would get very sensitive. So yeah, maybe. Oh, well. Well, great
0: questions from the listeners. Um, I think we've come to the end of Minifandom, Red. Uh, anything else you want to add? Anything, you know, on your Bruce Willis v. George Clooney stuff? Listen, anything I, I will list?
1: I will leave the George Clooney thing alone. I will say a couple of things. Two things I will say. One, Clemmer getting very sensitive about that VD situation um, where his stealing takes. He, he shut down during that show. I don't like to hear that. I'm a Clemming. So, Clemmer, please have confidence in what you're doing. Don't let people get under your skin like that and shut down the show. Don't do that. That's number one. And number two, Justin is content. He's doing a great job streaming on the ride down. Him and Mike right now. Get on Twitter. It's hilarious content. Justin is going to be on the show this weekend. It's going to be great at Magnolia, and he's going to have Clemmer there. There's going to be that back and forth. Justin back on KMS needs to happen. He is content.
0: Thank you. Justin still blocked me. What was the accusation thrown at Clemmer that he stole a VD take? That- he stole a take that VD claimed
1: that he sent to Clemmer about Mike being a present, a presenting and performing. Excuse me on a show was right. oh, that's right, where the showed. audio. Yeah, okay. Yeah, so. Yeah, Clemmer, is. De- I don't know what your thoughts on that, but he definitely, like, shut down from what I heard there, and I don't like to hear that. Clemmer needs to keep it going, have confidence. Don't don't let
0: these Minifans get under his skin like that. Don't let them do that. I agree. Okay. And, and, and everyone have a great time in Magnolia. A lot of you flying or driving down, probably listening to Minifandom on the way. Drive safe, have a great time, uh, drink responsibly. Um, yeah, Justin still blocked me on Twitter, so it's hard for me to interact with him, I did look at his videos from my other Twitter account and uh, it was just Mike and Justin sitting there making small talk and I went to sleep after that. So I don't know if anything crazy has happened overnight. I really wouldn't mind seeing a car accident. Like if we could see vision oh. of a tree coming through the window straight into Justin's head, that would be good. As long as nothing happens to Mike. As long as nothing happens to Mike. Oh, oh I can't believe we're ending the show like that that's terrible oh well oh well I love Justin, Justin I love well. Justin too. he's a great guy great um guy. I just hope we can um he can unblock me and I can unblock him and we move past this we, we did some great content together and yeah you know I hope he's um he probably will work his way back into the show now won't he because Feels Harrison like can't take it I mean one thing you can say about Justin is he can take the shit um, mm-hmm. and you just don't you don't have rely on, on, on him. expectations yeah don't give, exactly. don't give him don't give him any tasks just have him in on
1: the show and be that punching bag for kirk or do one of these streaming things um it's great fantastic love justin
0: all right minna fans well that's it for Mina fandom thank you red thank you listeners we'll be back sometime